It is Thomas. This is Robbie. And this is Megan. And you're listening to Believe in the Runs, the Drop Podcast, our weekly podcast of all things running, where we talk to athletes, shoe designers, just about anybody who has anything to do with the running industry. And we bring it all here to you so that you can listen. All right. So what do we got this week? Let's let's give the people a little preview. Are we going straight into shoes or? Well, let's just give no, a little give rundown. A pre- preview of what we're going to talk about. We're going to be talking about the Under Armour wind velocity flow, flow velocity wind, flow velocity, velocity wind. wind flow. It's one of those shoes with three names. Velociraptor flow. Yeah. Velociraptor. That's it's, what they should have got. I know. Right? People would love that. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Gate River Run, and we are going to then interview the winner of the Gate River Run, Emily Sisson. That's those S's sound good on that mic, Sisson. Yeah. <laughs> and I will tell you what: the photos from that race and seeing Emily crush. May didn't she even win a prize for being like? fastest overall yeah she won the equalizer so the women started about six minutes ahead and was it six minutes i thought you said four minutes i i just read the article and confirmed so that's why i said it are we going into that already yeah no we're not going into it but it is the coolest thing because we'll talk about that yeah talk about that all right we'll talk about wait are we going to talk about that we're going to talk about all right we'll talk about that all right so let's get into it let's check in with our weekly running robbie you are in florida with Velociraptors, speaking of uh, reptiles, yeah, reptiles and ancient beings running with the gators and Aldrin Belila, Biala, Biala, yeah, yeah. So you've come back. We have shoes to run in, super shoes, regular yep. shoes. Yep, yep, yep. How's so, it been going? Well, I was, you know, down there under not great circumstances, as I said last week. So let's just say my desire to run and be. Healthy wasn't quite there, so, but after the memorial service, felt a lot better mentally. I've been reading Alexi Pappas' book, thinking about some of the stuff that she said, and... Wait a second, that's interesting, because all three of us now have read the book, or are reading Are you done with it? Uh, I have, like, 75 pages left. Okay, so what is your your vibe on the book? Okay, so I, I really do, I like it a lot. Uh, I feel like it's a little all over the place. Like, I feel like it could have been tightened up a lot. It's a little bit long, maybe. But I do like how she dives into some things that probably a lot of people struggle with. And, uh, I mean, one of my favorite things that I read in the book was when she talks about her, like, she had that post-Olympic depression, and she went to see a therapist, and one of the main things they focused on was like actions before like actions change thoughts. And I was like, man, I never framed that before. Cause like when I'm, whenever I'm feeling like mentally in a rut, I'm just like, I just have to change my mindset. I have to do that. And that, and I always thought that that precedes like the action. Cause it's like, if, if I feel better then I want to go out right. and do this and I'm like, Oh, I didn't even think <laughs> to possibly reverse the two and just, have it's kind of like having faith that the rest is going to work out and so uh, so that really like hit me because when i'm i never just thought that way before that's interesting it's funny when i was in school uh you know did a psychology stuff and one of the things they told you is that your muscles dictate sometimes to your brain Mm. your experience so they said 
if you're real sad and you can't smile, if you put a pencil between your teeth, it activates the same muscles as a smile and can actually release things into your brain to trick it into thinking you're okay. That's interesting. That kind of plays into the running thing. I was going to say, should we all be pocketing pencils for the last few <laughs> you know, miles I of the never, marathon? I, I yeah. never put that together because I like to breathe out of my mouth. <laughs> but um, the, uh, the, I never put it together. But it, it is something that um, I have actually used because, you know, I learned it at that time that it's basically how the neurons in your brain work. And I, there have been times where I've been not happy or something stressful or something, and I'll take out a pen or something, and I'll just – you know, mm. go about my work with that in my mouth to, that's crazy. To but that looks normal <laughs> for everyone around you. It looks all normal, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. And you know, you can, there are tricks that you can do to, um, you know, basically you, you've got a, your brain is somewhat of a calculator and you type in the right stuff and the, yeah, I just out. never, like it never crossed my mind. I'm always like, I just got to feel better mentally. Like I just got to convince myself to feel better and just to instead do the actions first. Yeah. Well, that's also weird because you think about like, and we're going way off tangent here, but you think about meditation and meditation does the same thing where it's like the more you think about your problem doesn't help your problem. That's just thinking about your problem. So it's actually, you have to think about it as like a blue sky with clouds coming across when you're having all these problems, they're clouds, but the blue sky is always there. So once those clouds drift by, your blue sky comes back out. So sometimes you have to just realize I'm going through a tough mental day or something and be like, it's okay. I'm just going to go through a tough mental day and wait for the clouds to clear. I like it. I mean, we should save this for the running tips. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we should change the podcast to therapy with Thomas. This is good. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I think it. people will like this. And But the, I, I just was curious because we've all read it and I think we yeah. all took different things out of it. Like Megan, who's probably one of the most mentally solid people I know. Uh, you know, when we interviewed Alexi, she had certain questions. After I read the book, I would have had totally different questions. Uh, you know, but I, the parental parents not being there and stuff like that was a big... Um, like you connected with that? Yeah. Oh. And that, so that stuff... Yeah, we connected. definitely connected on and, very different areas of the book. So yeah, each of each one of us read that book as a totally different book. Yeah. I, I mean, I like the way that she has a, a lot of different interests. I feel like I'm that way and didn't really find her lane till later in life, even though she was always a runner. It's like, she's still like, she, she didn't find where she was at until maybe, you know, a couple of years ago. Well, and it's not I like, like she's just a runner. She's a writer yeah, and an actress I mean. she's, and yeah. She's all the things. And, I, and that's the thing I think for her, it's not going to stop even after say a professional running career. Yeah. I would you, I don't think she's going to get pigeonholed into anything for her, her life. She's one of those people. I think that is like, I'll pick up something else. Yeah. And anyways, yeah. So I love the book, um, so far and I think some really good insights almost finished with it. I was reading it on the plane and everything, but so yeah, um, I started running a little bit more this week, got in a couple back-to-back days of running, ran in the, what did I run in? RC Elite. The, well, I ran in the RC Elite, but yeah, I also ran, oh, the Hoka Clifton 8. Ran oh, you in, did run it? Yeah. 
Um, oh, that's right, because you were like, oh, hey. I was like, oh, I get it. I, first time I've run into Clifton in general. And so. That's so strange. I was just noticing when I was putting them away today or putting them on my shelf. Yeah. That I have every single Clifton. Nice. We'll have to do a Including photo of that. the re up of the, the OG Clifton of one. The OG. I have the OG and the OG remake. Um, and I did, I don't know, it's probably in the garage, but I think I put the Nepali, which I would consider a Clifton, but it's not. Yeah, um, I don't. We we'll get into the Clifton probably yeah. a little bit further. How did down running the line. feel though? I I get why people love it yeah. for sure. I I just did like uh, errand running. That's always like my first run yeah. <laughs> to, to Target. If if you want to catch Robbie running, the the his uh, what, what do they call that now? It's not a crown. It's the CR. Course no, it's the yeah. it's the daily champion like who's run the most oh, the local segments local local local, local, local legend, legend. Local legend. Yeah. Yeah. if you want the local legends uh, <laughs> for robbie it's from robbie's house to target you should make a make a segment should make a segment i should i carried back a half gallon of milk in my backpack that's impressive too, yeah. running so that was what backpack did pounds. you use for that let's get an endorsement for that well, it's like my rei ah, it's like a little it. <laughs> he paid for that one yeah i actually bought it it's not the greatest commute backpack, but it works. Anyways, so, and then I ran in the new ASIC shoe, which we're not allowed to talk about, but. Damn. I just say I liked it. Mm-hmm. That's, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. All right. And anyways, how's, how, how are your weeks going since I kind of rambled on? Go ahead, Thomas. I'll go ahead. All right. So I also am running in an ASIC shoe that cannot be named. Uh, we'll talk about it next week. And our review for it, our video review and probably written review will hit on March 29th at 10.30 p.m. So set your calendar now because I know you're going to want to be up for that. And when we say 10.30 p.m., that's 10.30 p.m. Eastern. So you really, so yeah, those on the West Coast. Yeah, you're, you're you still go. up. Robbie, you have to make sure everything goes out because we'll be asleep by then. Yeah, I'll, I'll be up <laughs> just so, getting started on things. <laughs> Literally, last night after 10.30, I probably wrote two reviews. That's amazing. I was (laughs) I asleep slash getting up and down the stairs for our talk. Hey, 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 hey. We're talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) We all know you work hard. Um the though so for this week, I mean, the RC Elite was such a fun shoe. V two was such a fun shoe to run in, and we had that super shoe. And then of course, at the same time, I'm running in the uh Deviate Nitro Elite or Elite Nitro from Pumo. Puma. Puma. Uh, from, people always complain. We about can't Puma. pronounce it right yeah. either way. So Puma. And and so I've been running in really good shoes and now running in ASIC's offering. And I had I had an 18-mile run on Saturday, and it was supposed to be easy miles. And it was easy miles. And I've never had an 18-mile run just kind of cruise by. As which, which shoe? This was the ASIC shoe. Oh, okay. And um, – it just cruised by. I felt comfortable the whole time. I was never pushing, and I ended up hitting some pretty you, sweet paces. I bet you did. And then um, I did a workout in the same shoe today in the rain with uh, Jared Kilberg, and we uh, did hill repeats and then finished after we did the hill repeats. We did 400s to kind of like see what it would be like to run on tired legs. And that shoe not only did amazing in wet weather, it, it like, again, I felt like very confident hitting all my pace, actually going below my paces. I should have slowed down a little bit. All right. Um, but yeah, so I'm super psyched. I can't wait to share that shoe with everyone. 
it's gonna be it's gonna yeah. be a good. One. I mean, I did other running. I don't. I shoes, we shouldn't say probably anymore. It's yeah. gonna be good. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meg has also been running. How's your running going, Meg? Post um, post super stud race. Pretty good. We kind of made a not the best decision in the world in fostering a puppy <laughs> right after. He's got a home though. He's getting. He's going to a home tomorrow or Friday. Drinking had no part to play in that decision. Maybe a little bit. That's, I mean, when we got a picture of a cute little dog, we're like, "Hey, can you watch this dog?" And we're like, "Yeah." But so my <laughs> this my, is how this is how adopted children become yeah. adopted and then get given back. Um, no. So my sleep has been pretty terrible for the past week. Um, so my running has also just been kind of you know whatever, and I'm also not back into full training yet, but I did do my first workout since the marathon this morning and considering the wind and the rain and the non-sleep, it went pretty well. Again, I was wearing the basic shoe that we will stop talking about. Like there was tons of rain this morning. Like we were going through like three inch puddles and stuff like that. And you know, if you can be happy running in that and have a good performance then you know, watch out. I kind of love running in that. I do too, but it's not like I'm trying to always push in that. Like, I don't mind a, it, like it was a, like I, I saw Megan going out and she was just wearing a t-shirt and stuff. So I was like, oh, I just need a t-shirt. I won't need much. I got out there and it was like, that was cold rain. Like it took me a mile and a half to just start feeling warmed up. And uh, it does make you feel a little baller going out into that stuff. But at the same time. Do you ever actually use a rain jacket? I'm yeah. trying to. What temperatures do 45 you... 45 degrees and raining. Okay, that's what I was going to say. That's yeah. like the only time, though, I feel that you can wear a rain jacket without either overheating or... Uh, I or, actually... I, I that, guess 45 and colder. That Arcteryx... Yeah. 32 to 45. That Arcteryx jacket I have that's waterproof. Yeah. It's gore. That's a billion dollars. Yeah, but it's it's so worth it. It's paper thin. It's the only jacket I love running because it really doesn't... It, you can run in the rain and... Sometimes you start your run, it's a little cold and it warms up. This jacket works like it, it can breathe like a membrane. But I was telling Jared on the run this morning, I was like, you know, it really doesn't matter what you wear because even if it's waterproof, you sweat. sweat under right. It. That's what so I mean. So it's wet on both sides. So at one, I feel like there is a temperature where you don't sweat that much. I feel like it's only 45 degrees. It's like 40 to 45. That's like the only time I can wear a rain jacket. And below, right? Yeah. Like, well, then it's snowing once yeah. you get to like 30. I mean, once it's over 50 and you're you're out and you're running, you, it, it doesn't matter. Like your body's going to heat up enough that you're going to feel yeah. comfortable. But yeah, when it today was on that edge, like I think I would have been fine in a jacket and I would have been fine without it. And you it know turn, what? You would have been perfect it. for today, which I'm angry now that I didn't wear it. My short sleeve North uh. Face rain jacket. <laughs> Oh, uh, I forgot you had that. That was the best. When Megan short got this sleeve, when you got, short sleeve rain jacket, <laughs> when you amazing. got this jacket, you pull it out and you're like, "What is this stupid thing?" I mean, it looks in, it looks ridiculous, and but it's it, amazing. It became her favorite jacket ever. But you know what's That's the difference awesome. between that and a vest? The short sleeves. Okay. Um. Do you the, the John G. Rain Runner is I do like. Yeah, that's my favorite. It's it's pretty jacket. solid. Um. But again, it's I feel like that forty. Degree range is yeah. what works best. And I just wear a singlet underneath. Yeah. Even when it's colder. Anyways, enough about that. Sounds like things are going pretty well. Yeah. So. I mean, if we can get all three of us running at the same time without injury, I think pretty that'd good. be pretty nice. Yeah. And 
anyways, let's get let's get moving on to some to some race news. All right, so here's our first break, and we kind of talked with Robbie here about the mental side of stuff with Alexi Pappas. We brought up the point of your body being able to sometimes tell your mind how to feel. So right now you're running, and hopefully you're getting some feedback that your body's waking up, you're starting your day, you're getting this running, or you're ending your day and getting some relaxation in by running, and just let your body tell your brain everything's cool. Let's talk about the Jacksonville Bridge Run. Yeah, Gate River Run. Gate River. Is it the Bridge Run, the nickname for it? Or did I just make that up? I think it goes over a ridge. They call the, (laughs) there's there's a bridge that they run over and they call (laughs) it the green. I'm going to let that one slide by. They call it the green monster. Oh. Because it's green and it's a monster. And it's a monster. Not like the uh, green monster at Fenway Park. I mean, you've been out to Jacksonville. There's really no hills. There's a couple bridges. Yeah, I was just there last week. Yeah, it's flat earth size. So the, it was Florida. it was the USATF 15K championship. So a lot of the fasties showed up. Mm-hmm. Like who? Did like, Galen Rupp actually run it? No. Because he, he and Molly Seidel were both on the bid list, but I don't yeah, think. Yeah, I know that she dropped. Okay. Um, And, I mean, I know that Emily Sisson was there, and I know that um, Clayton was there. Clayton Young. Clayton Young was there. And Aldrin. Aldrin Biala, our stability shoe reviewer, who apparently might be the fastest person on the Believe in the Run team. Very sneaky fast. Jeremy reviews shoes. You know that. I know, but I feel like they're... You think he could put put up against Jeremy? I think maybe not now, but soon. Aldrin's going... Like, his goal is like a 105 half. I think Jeremy's already done that. No, he just did a 105. That's an OTQ half. But I'm just saying... So they're both very fast, but Aldrin, we had no idea when we signed him one of the team that he was a fastie, and he threw down a 550 pace for the Jacksonville yeah, 15K. That's insane. Yeah. So let's go back to this river run. What, what the hell are we talking about? <laughs> so Emily Sisson won with a 48.09, and Clayton Young won for the men with a 43.52. But... What's the time difference between those two people? So the women started six minutes ahead of the men, uh, sort of the equalizer. And so whichever athlete crossed the line first was the official winner. And And they get a $5,000 bonus. Yeah. And Emily took the win. Sick. So yeah. Well, Well, you need to ask her what she's spending that money on. Bitcoin. (laughs) You should try to convince her to do that. Or any stocks that were invested. Stonks. (laughs) Yeah. We'll dive into all the race tactics and how it went with Emily, uh, You'll hear that conversation later Coming in the up show. Next, yeah, I was just thinking: are there are there other races that do that where they have the offset? So I the think women so. Can, yeah, okay. I'm sure there are, but I don't know. Like Gate Rivers is the big one for me. Is the New York um, the Fifth Avenue Mile? Is that do they just do completely separate races? Yeah. basically. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's four. Minutes. I that is one race I would love to be. You know, like be like able to watch that race unfold i think it'd be cool just to run it and see how badly you get burned oh my god just see how far ahead someone gets of you <laughs> you might not even be able to see him. yeah you probably won't <laughs> be able to see him depending on it but like yeah i mean that would be i'd love to run that uh, the broad street 10 miler in philly is one that's on my list yeah. for one day 
COVID really. What's the Atlanta? What's the huge up. Atlanta one on Fourth of July? The peach something. Peach tree. Yeah, peach. That's tree. happening. Is it? I'm pretty sure. It's like the biggest. Is that the biggest race in America? I think it is. We're gonna Google that, which in you know we talked about terms on our video today. Uh, I don't know if that part was recorded, but it's really just searching the internet. Yeah. Sometimes I wish we didn't search the internet so we'd have to just come up with crazy stuff in our heads and be wrong about it all the time. That's how we used to do. But here's the insane thing is, you know, at a certain point, we're going to be somewhat dialed into it. So like you won't even ask questions. I know. It's kind of sad. Well, here's the great thing. That's when the misinformation is going to get them. Someone's going to be able to hack your brain. You'd be like, yes. Elon Musk says he's really worried about that. Oh, it's like a thought virus taking over the our brains, you know, like the con- connection between all our brains. Yeah. So I don't know the Elon's also starting up an internet company. <laughs> Apparently he could just do whatever. Which I don't know the caps for this year, but it's typically sixty thousand runners. For Peachtree. For Peachtree. Yeah. And on top Bonkers. of that, hundred and fifty thousand spectators. Well you know it'd be interesting if you put six feet between each one of those runners <laughs> at sixty thousand, how long and deep is that? Would that uh, race be? <laughs> be one from one end of Atlanta to the other. Yeah. Be like, I'm getting towards the front. Man, that would be a cool race to run, though. Someday. For sure. I, we I should, bet it's balls hot, though. Just Fourth of July in, in Atlanta, in Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah. no, that's a whole different kind of sticky. If they have Chick Fil A at the end, though, I'll complete it. Oh, that that sounds gross. Like fried chicken at the end of a hot that's race. The last thing it you're sounds gross, but. I'll make it happen. Maybe a half and half. Oh, one of the iced tea and iced tea lemonade. That would be nice. Drink that down. All right. Well, that's enough about that. Let's get on to some shoot talk. All right. So in the past, we have continually been disappointed. Underwhelmed would be a good word. Well, the problem is that I, I want you to visualize the scene in Tommy Boy where he's talking about getting chicky wings. And he's like, every time I get a sale, I take it, and he just rips up the napkin. <laughs> and I feel like every time Under Armour gets close to making a good shoe, the next one that they come out, they just rip it apart like that. And you're like, oh, we're back to, like, do you even have a shoe? And, like, I think of the Gemini, or even the Bandit when it first came out. And there's glimmers of hope that, like, hey, there's a shoe coming out that, you know, could possibly you start building a franchise on. I mean, for how much money they have poured into things, you would think that it'd be, yeah. they were on the right track to some good stuff. And then you look at a company like Puma who comes out and just drops like, here's an entire freaking line of shoes. Every one of them's good. Maybe better than what's out there already for most categories. And you're like, what? Why can't you freaking do this? Like just figure like it just out. Fri- like this shouldn't be so hard. And again, we're faced now with a shoe that we would say, I think in our Instagram post, we said it's not shitty. Yeah. I Trust me. When we got, when Under Armour was like, here, we got this new shoe coming out, the Under Armour uh, Flow Velocity Wind. I got it right. I, I was, I was First thinking. Off, you should never have flow in a name. None. So when we first got the Under Armour Flow Velocity win, I was like, eh, "Like, do we have to review this? Is this like another hype machine, like the Machina, whatever? And we got it, 
I mean, it took him a few tries to send us the right size. I mean, here's the thing. I, you say hype machine. Like, there's no hype in Under Armour right now. Like, there's, there's no there's, there's no zero hype. heat. No, but they okay. they hype their shoes. Oh, like, they there hype is it. hype. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was a crazy thing. So the first shoe that we got, I'm a size 10 and a half. And the first shoe we got was a size 12 and a half or 12. I don't think we have to give them the whole saga. Okay. But even though I want to. Well, meanwhile, the shoe I tested is still... You still have a size that's too big for you. Which was weird because it actually turns out... It's the right size? It's not only the right size. I think it was a little short. It wow. was like rubbing my toes. Well, I felt my size fit perfectly. Mine and, too. And long story yeah, I think sh- I just got a bad... Yeah, it might be. So the, sh- the point of the shoe is supposed to be like a lightweight daily trainer slash tempo shoe. And I got to say, I really liked it. Yeah. It, like you're saying, step in feel feels good. Out on the run feels good. I actually thought the step in feel was terrible. Yeah, um, I did too. Yeah, I thought it felt better once you were running in it. Like I was Same. like, yeah, this isn't that great of a shoe. The midsole gives a little more when you're actually putting pressure on it. And I, I actually would compare this to a very popular shoe called the New Balance Beacon. Really. Do you know what I this shoe rem- than the reminded beacon. me of? Was the uh, Gel Nimbus Light 2, okay. but with less cushioning. Less bounciness. Less bounciness. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. Yeah, it's, it runs similar, for sure. I mean, here's it's got no rubber on the outsole, so it's got ground contact EVA. Which is surprisingly kind of grippy. Like, it is, yeah. I, I was... Well, that's the thing. The training shoe is... Yeah. Sort of grippy. I, I feel like if it's done right, I mean, it works. I also feel like the design on the bottom for the grip mm-hmm. is probably a pretty good, um, I don't know what you'd say. What is that? I don't know. It's a bunch of geometric patterns. Yes. Have you guys connected this to your map map. My run yet? No, I refuse to do anything does this still have with map My run. It does. I, I put that in my review. I hate, don't wear them at the airport. I hate them pitching the Map My Run stuff. And exactly, yeah. Well, the, the map, they sold Map My Run, right? I don't know. I just hate that they keep pitching this thing in the heel as if it's like some cool thing. Like, I just, just get it out of there. Can we, you know, can I we think let this die a peaceful death, please? It, it will die. But I think that, you know, the idea behind it was a value add. Like, look, we're innovative. Yeah, like 10 years ago. We've got a chip in there. Yeah. Wait, here's one thing. Let's say you forget your watch and you go for your run. Wait, and what do I have, my phone with me? No, no phone, no watch, nothing. Later, you can Bluetooth this thing and it'll have all the data. That's so good. Cause Is that true? Yeah. And guess what? It's super accurate. <laughs> I thought it had to be connected to your phone. I don't think so. Mm. It doesn't. You're saying this has a memory chip in it. But I, th- I feel like it has to be connected to... Maybe you have to initially connect it. But then I don't think you need to have anything with you. Right. I think they did you know say what? that. We're going to just hang this one out there. We're not even going right. to Google it. Other things See that I will right. like about this shoe, you got a gusseted tongue. So, like, I feel like a lot of people like this warp knit they upper. I don't. It looks like a sweater, a golf sweater. I think it looks like laser beams. <laughs> like, you know when, what's the Catherine Zeta-Jones movie where she's like, has to go and steal something and she's like going over all the lasers yeah i know what you're talking about it's an art she's stealing art from the museum yeah and there's like that famous scene where she's sexily like grinds it's, it's her a pretty way good scene a laser laser field around the laser field yeah that's what it reminds okay, me okay but aesthetics aside do you not like the fit and the feel because i thought it was pretty comfortable 
I think I have a mutant pair because it. I wear a ten and a half. They sent me an eleven, and the it's right on the edge of where I would normally fit, and it on the lateral side is rubbing my toes. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think I got maybe a bad. You got a bad egg. I got a bad egg, but overall, for me, that I was like surprised that the cushioning felt. I think really nice and responsive for a daily trainer style shoe. Yeah, it was a little bit too much ground feel for me. You know, I don't want to feel that at all. I knew you were going to say that or think that. Yeah, (laughs) but outside of that, yeah, pretty decent. I see. I love the ground feel. I loved the, it's just like a simple, straightforward shoe that's nice. You don't think about, throw it on, do some nice, fun miles. That's why I think it reminds me of like the Beacon. It's just like a upper with a, a solid midsole and that's it. I will say the $160 price point is ridiculous. What? I thought it was $140. It's $160. That is ridiculous. It's absurd. So if I had to compare it to other $160 shoes, if this was $110, I'd say, hey, this is right there with the Kimbar, right, with exactly. the Beacon, with all those. I'm like, great. This at $160 is ludicrous. Like you would have to be, you'd have to really want Under Armour shoes. And I get it. Maybe they're trying to set up, hey, we're a premium shoe brand but like how many shoes would you get like i'll tell you this the new one of the new asics um, is less expensive than that the uh puma liberate 110 bucks all oh, the pretty puma much Luberate is so much better shoe. great shoe similar little less you know maybe cushion but very nice tempo shoe and i actually would think this was competing with the velocity over there yeah and the velocity is a superior shoe. It's also this. like 120. 120. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Figure that out. There's no way you can. I can't justify that. Well, I know why. Oh, this was not me. They give so many shoes away. They got to make up. I think it's more of a. They want to <laughs> as we're talking come off about as a like quality high like. My that's what I said in my review. I was like, they're flexing like they they're. The old money Under Armour back in the day when Under Armour could charge that because they were the premium product. Yeah. Now it's Kohl's coupon days. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Like, yeah. you can't you can't go from that premium product and then try to spread it out on the market and then act like you're still that yeah. premium product. But you can if you're see here's here's where I think there is a, you can if you do it like Nike can obviously Nike do and that. Adidas have have done a decent job of of coalifying their lines. You have shoes that are specifically built and made for those outlets. The problem that happens is, it, it, you know, this happens. I remember having a discussion with Sketches about this with one of their designs. They came out with one of the shoes that I felt like blurred the line between fashion and, and performance. And when I talked to him, I was like, that their designer came back and said, well, Nike has a similar thing. And I said, Nike can do that. They've earned the right to do it. They have a, a mindset with the consumer that the consumer is like, I understand that I can get it at Kohl's, but I know the difference between they segment it. They there's a defining line between yes. that sector and their premium, and it looks and feels different. Yeah, the, the look it's and feel totally different. You, if I see someone wearing an Under Armour running shirt, I'm like, is that Kohl's or is that you know at the store? You know where is that? Where does that come from? And I do feel like as of late. And look, we want Under Armour to succeed. We're in Baltimore. We want want their company to do well. But you have brands like... Some of us may own some stock. Yeah, I do. I can't unload it. <laughs> I took I cut my losses like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the problem is that you you look at that for me and 
you look at brands like Tracksmith. I'll pay the premium price. They have premium product. They have, they maintained a certain storytelling and fabric quality and cut and you feel like you're buying into that heritage of running. Janji, you have that story of water. And I, I know I'm picking smaller companies mm-hmm. that don't, but even like Hoka is now coming out with a clothing line. I look at it and I go, wow, this stuff looks really well designed, looks clean, and it keeps their product looking good. I feel like what Under Armour has done is they have stuff. What I'm saying is that the people that are wearing their brand, what they want to be and the people that they're selling to are two different audiences. I, yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah. And, but I feel like they didn't used to be that way. And then I feel like once they started just spreading out into freaking everything possible, I feel like they lost their vision a little bit. And hopefully it's coming back around. I think there's a little bit. I just think Kevin Plank stepping down is probably, like, as the CEO, is probably a good move because I think he just has a ton of stuff going on. Probably, like, gives someone who hasn't been in it so much lately, you know, a little little better vision. But. He's got to focus on the whiskey. He's got the whiskey. He's got his horse farm. farm. I think they sold the horse farm. Did they really? I think so. Or like he's that dialed that back like really far. I still got a helicopter. Um, I've, I'd spend all my time yeah. in the helicopter if I had it. Well, oh, the real estate arm. Crazy yeah. stuff. I mean, that's the thing. We're rooting for them. I just. Oh, and, for and sure. I think for that sure. there's some things that hopefully are in the mix that can write it. But you can't. I think now, especially with running from where running started, where it was, you went into a store, you got Brooks, you got Nike, you had decent, you just bought their, their clothing and you didn't, now there's running rabbit. There's Tracksmith, There's John G. There's just so much. There's so many niche communities to belong to, to express yourself in running that a generic, like performance tea isn't going to cut it. Yeah. But apparently they're doing okay in some ways. And with that said, they did send me some tea, some running shirts uh, last fall, I think. Oh yeah, it was. you love those shirts, and they're they're amazing. But guess what? <laughs> I tried to, I actually tried to go in there to link it to like one of our best of lists. Mm-hmm. Totally nowhere on the site. That's the other thing. You, Their website's horrible. You by can't the way. get it. And the other thing, like if you want a three inch short, or you know, yeah, it's impossible. So I know that their sponsored athletes get real running gear, but if you're a consumer, you're looking at a five inch to seven inch short. Yeah, it's like you need to if you're gonna if you're gonna cater to runners, you really need to cater to runners. Yeah. But anyways, hoping that uh, we'll see some changes in that in the future. Um, but in the meantime, the show is decent. It is decent. I'd like to see it at a better price point, but overall, not bad. Yeah. All right, second check in. Now your body's got to be humming. It's got to be sending all kinds of signals to your brain, telling you. That you're having a good one. This is a good run. You're having a great run. Wait a second. You're happy. You're smiling right now. I can see it on your face. Enjoy. So next up, we are talking with Emily Sisson. Emily is a professional distance runner for New Balance. She has a uh, marathon PR of 223, and she just came off a big win at the Gate River Run, which was the 15K championship. Today, we are chatting with Emily Sisson. Emily, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on. You forgot to say that she's a New Balance professional athlete. Well, 
Do you want to do your own introduction? Okay, so we know that you are a professional distance runner for New Balance. You're also a dog mom. Yeah, I have my dog right here. <laughs> um, we, we just got a, We were fostering a dog, and he did, like I'm talking maybe 40 minutes ago. Yeah. We dropped him off to his forever home guy, and I was so uh, glad he was gone because he wasn't potty <laughs> trained or anything. <laughs> it was like, I wonder what it's like fostering a dog. Um, we've talked about doing that before. I feel like we just get so attached, but it's probably amazing seeing them with their forever family. Okay, so we can talk more about dogs later, but I obviously we want to talk to you about the Gate River Run that happened this weekend. But before we get into all that fun stuff, um, let's just go back to maybe after college, the transition into your professional career. What did that look like? Um, so after college, I just stayed in Providence. I stayed with my coach, Ray Tracy. Um, he coached me in college, and one of the reasons I went to Providence College is because. I had seen him coach so many successful athletes in the past. And, um, and so, yeah, the, like, I just planned on staying with him and staying in Providence, um, having like Molly Huddle as like a training partner slash mentor um, was a pretty good setup. So, um, it was like a little bit of an adjustment, but I feel like I didn't have as many new, um, variables thrown in the mix, um, because I stayed with things like I, I was running a new balance in college, stayed with me balance after, um, so I didn't have as much change, so it was a little bit smoother of a transition. So this whole group training mentality that's really big and popular right now, you, you've you sort of been on your own since you graduated? Yeah, I mean, I've had, like, I've had Molly there, um, and we overlap sometimes, and sometimes we don't overlap as much. Um, but for Molly, it's really just been me and Molly. Like, there's been, a, uh, like, a handful of others here and there, but... Um, yeah, it's been the two of us and then our husband. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> this is a small group, but um, the quality is quality over quantity. <laughs> we have great people. Yeah. So, um, I mean, there, I think there are pros and cons to both, to be honest. Um, I think the group like can be really fun. Um, I remember that in college, like there was like always like something fun to talk about on runs, like always like something new and exciting and having just like a, like a bunch of people to rely on was great. Um, but then I think having like, uh, a smaller group or even like just me and my husband training, we can be a bit more individualized. And I think that's a big um, plus, I guess. So like if um, I need to push a workout back a day because I rolled my ankle or because I got sick or something, like we have that flexibility. You don't have a whole team of people like relying on you. Um, and then I can get back into like training at my own pace and um, have workouts go at the pace that Ray wants them to go, like exactly that pace. <laughs> um, it, so that like is a little... I guess there are pros and cons. It can be a little lonely at times too. So, um, yeah, it, 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 I guess it depends on how you look at it. Um, some people probably prefer one over the other, but, um, I've been in both and I think both setups are great, um, in their own ways. Yeah, for sure. So let's jump to 2017. You debut in the half marathon, uh, the fastest women's American time ever. So clearly you were, gravitating towards longer distances and then eventually went to the marathon. Did you always know that you were going to be a long distance runner? Um, I've always been told I was going to be a long distance <laughs> runner. Uh, uh, people have been saying that for a really long time. And I, I could always tell that like the longer I went in workouts and races, I would, I would always do better. Um, so I wasn't surprised. But yeah, I love that first half marathon. Like, that was an amazing first one. And I kind of just got a taste of it. And I remember just, thinking it's, it's quite different than running on the track like it's a lot more 
um, going off field, less worrying about splits, um, and like less worrying about positioning, kind of is just like out there having to be aware of your surroundings and aware of um, how your body's feeling and aware of like what other people are doing. Uh, it's a little bit different. Um, and yeah, so I did like that a lot. And I just loved like um, running through like New York City, running through Times Square. I was like, like blown away by how cool that was. But yeah, that was a really good first experience. I didn't think about that. The backdrop for distance running is a little bit yeah different and more, I would say more, even more exciting, but I've never run like pen relays or anything like that. So I've never had a crowd cheering okay. for me. But, uh, you know, I love going through New York and, you know, Chicago. Yeah, if you had to pick, I mean, well, we know you're going for the 10K and you clearly love the track and you're great at the track, but actually being out there, do you prefer the road over the track or are they just different? Um, I, yeah, I would say prefer the road a little bit, but, um, I used to think I just like only preferred the road. And then when I kind of got away from track racing and came back to it, I'm like, Oh, I actually really enjoy this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I know a lot of people that like definitely don't like running on the track. They just like running on the roads or vice versa. And I'm like, I I definitely really like both. Um, I would say would prefer road racing, um, over the track, but I definitely enjoy them both. So so yeah, it's kind of fun mixing it up. So after that first half, which was obviously really great, did was your immediate thought like, hey, I want to try the marathon? Um, I don't think that was my immediate thought, but it's always been in the back of my mind. Like uh, I've been told for like years, like, oh, you're going to be a marathon runner someday. And then when I had my first marathon in London, I just I did fall in love with it. Um, my second marathon wasn't a great experience, so I'm glad my first one was because <laughs> that makes me want to go back to it. Um, I think if Atlanta was my first, I, I don't know if I'd be <laughs> pulled to go back, but, um, but because I had such a great first experience with it, I'm like, I, I see what, I know what I can do there. Um, if things all, like align, I guess. Um, and I like want to like kind of just push my limits and see what my potential is there. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited to go back to that. Um, but I'm having fun doing like 5Ks and 15K, um, road races right now so yeah it sounds like, uh, you're I, fun I, doing really like <laughs> I, I have a, I have a quick question for you because uh, you talk about uh, having a good marathon and then experience a bad marathon and I always think it's interesting when we talk to shorter distance runners that you know you can pretty much reload after a bad track meet or a bad race mm-hmm. you, you know next weekend you can hit it again and see how you do how is it for you mentally when you had a bad marathon, you know that you can't just go and erase that performance or, you know, just jump right back in. That will always be my least favorite thing about marathon training (laughs) (laughs) is put so much into it. And it does feel like way more work than like, not that I'm not working really hard right now, but like you're just like grinding every single day, running really high mileage. Um, And so you just invest so much into it. And if it doesn't work out, then like, um, I know it sounds bad to like say it feels like a waste, but that is initially what it feels like because you can't go do another marathon, like you said. So I think um, there weren't a ton of takeaways from Atlanta, but there were a few. And one of them was I'm never going to go into a marathon build up again without a plan to race before the marathon um, because I just want at least two shots to like um, just see where my fitness is and um, like, yeah, I, I, I like doing the 10K at Stanford before London because I'm like, well, like I got that out of this buildup already. Like, let's see how London goes. But with Atlanta, like there were only half marathons in the buildup and Ray didn't really 
bought me running a half. And so I like tried looking around for other road races, but there just weren't any um, because of the timing. So uh, I think, I think the next marathon I do, there will be more options. If not, we're just going to have to like figure it out because um, it's just, I don't know. I just don't think I could do that again. Um, We work that hard and then there's only one day you really have to showcase like what you've worked for um, for yourself. And so, yeah, that's my, one know, of my takeaways. Any day you step up to the plate, it, it's really you. You really don't know what you're going to get out of a run, especially over the distance of 26. I think you can have a, you can step up even like a a half marathon. You can be kind of half, you know, ready and and you can still do well. I think with a marathon, you have to like, it, you don't know what's going to happen after that first 13 miles, and anything can go. <laughs> such a different beast it's so different and there's so many variables too um and atlanta there was like unknowns with it too that like i never i remember like studying the elevation profile before that and i just couldn't picture it because i'd never raced on anything like that before i run on a hilly courses but not hilly like that and so not hilly like that over a marathon (laughs) so there were some unknowns and you work really really hard and you're like i hope like it all like um works out but um that's just that's just racing. Like, you have a bad 5K, then that's fine. Go race again, like, a week or two later. With the marathon, you just don't have that opportunity. So that I that definitely is the hard part of it. But, um, the hot, like, there are a lot of, like, <laughs> I don't want to sound like I hate the marathon because I love it. Um, <laughs> but there, <laughs> that's definitely the biggest con in my mind. But there are a lot of pros <laughs> as well. Yeah. I think the beauty of it is that it is such a – when you have a good day at a marathon, there's – I don't think there's anything – well, I didn't. I haven't run uh, the level you have in track, but I can't imagine there's anything better than just having a perfect, you know, running marathon day. Yeah, I don't know why that is though. Like, it's, maybe it's because you do feel like you put in like three months just for this one race, whereas like right now I'm doing a bunch of different races and it doesn't. Like, I know it's all towards the Olympic trials. But yeah, I'm curious why that is. But it's just like the highs are higher and the lows are lower with the marathon. Yeah. Well, you're also you get to spend you know, all that time out on the road, you know, with your thoughts. So, you know. Yeah. And you're like thinking of that one race, everything you do is in like preparation for that one race. Yeah. So yeah. Interesting. I could tell if that makes sense, I guess. It is interesting though. Yeah. I've heard that from a lot of people and I would agree. Um, it's interesting. Your, the trials was also the timing of that was pretty brutal in the sense that right afterwards the pandemic hit and then there was yeah. nothing to even really plan towards or look towards. So what was your mental state like? I mean, obviously you made the best of it, but what was your mental state like right after that? And how did you sort of work through it? Yeah, I do think I made the best of it, but I know at the time there were definitely periods where I really struggled. Um, like I remember like how I bounced back from races and like, I just move on from them and go to the next one. Um, and there was just nothing to move on to. <laughs> and and pretty much like, like I just, I just was kind of like, well, what, like, what should I do right now? Like a little lost. Um, and then when we like kind of formulated a plan, I felt a lot better. But there were still days when like I was working out and training, and I had no races on my schedule. And if a workout went like really well, I'm like, well, that's great, but what's that going towards? And if it went really bad, I was almost like, well, it doesn't matter. coming <laughs> 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 up, so. It was just kind of weird. And then like in July, I want to say, we knew Valencia half was happening in December. And I was like, okay, I know that's like so, so far away, but it looks like it's going to happen. 
Um, and then I also agreed to like um, do the New York uh, virtual marathon. I'm like, well, I need to be fit for that too. So these two things I'm pretty sure are happening. So <laughs> I'm going to like, at least it gives me like a reason to get out the door. Like I committed to doing this virtual marathon and I, I committed to doing this half marathon in Valencia. So I'm like, like at least I have like that, um, like extra bit of motivation now and that helps a ton. So I feel like from July onwards, things change. But before that, I was like, what is going on? <laughs> What's happening? It takes a little pressure off your workouts. Like you said, like when you had a bad workout or something, you're just like, it's okay. And I actually try yeah. to bring that into this next realm of like training for other stuff. It does. I don't mind the pressure. Like I feel like it, I actually perform well with it. <laughs> so <laughs> when I didn't have it, I was kind of like just blah the whole time. I'm like, well, <laughs> um, I, so it was actually kind of nice when I had that again. <laughs> so your training block, uh, in later in 2020 before Valencia, obviously went pretty well, I'm assuming because you had a really great race, uh, there. Um, wait, so the training block for Valencia, you said? Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, it went pretty, pretty well. Um, I might've had like one or two little hiccups, um, but nothing major. Um, I'm trying to remember. And I also just had like months and months of solid training behind me. So even if I had a little hiccup there here and there, it like, it actually didn't feel like it took me that long just to get back to where I was because I had so much consistency behind me. Um, so yeah, uh, that like went pretty well. We did that, that whole year, just trying to spend a ton of time, like focusing on whatever my weaknesses were. We also tried to figure out what happened with my body in Atlanta. Where, like, that to me was a huge, like just something I, I couldn't like wrap my head around or understand. Um, and like, I felt like my claws and legs just like, failed me on that course. And like aerobically, I felt fine, but I'm like, what happened? Like, um, so we spent like months kind of trying to figure out, like, is there something we missed? Like, overlooked? Is there something we missed? Like, what do we need to do so that doesn't happen again? And I do feel like I came out of all that like a lot stronger. Um, so yeah, so I've been feeling better like on my runs and, um, yeah, training has been going pretty well. So I feel like that was a really long response to your question. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. Was it weird to, so, you raced in February and then you didn't race again until December. Was that like the longest time period you've gone without racing? I think so. I'm trying to remember, like, even if I had an injury before, I don't think it would have gone that long. Um, I was, that was one thing we said though, like you're never going to have this long without racing unless you're injured. And my like, uh, chiropractor and coach, they were both like, you're not injured. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it was beat up that way. And it took me like a few weeks to get back running. But after that, they're like, you're actually like, you're able to run and work out. So like, let's use this time that you normally would never have. Usually you just run through things and kind of like fix things as you're going to like really just restart and like, um, like, yeah, hit just hit restart, which is what we did. Um, because they're like, we're probably never going to have this happen again. Like fingers crossed. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so I guess try to take advantage of that part of it. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, this is all our like thinking heading into the pandemic. I mean, so I'm sure see- how it's going to play out. It seems like it's really this uh, this little lull is actually helping people's performance because we're seeing people just coming out of the gate just blowing. We're seeing new records. We're seeing all sorts of things that are that are popping off this year that I don't think you see as frequently in other years. Yeah, I'm curious about that. Why that is, um, but yeah, I've noticed that too. I also think people think they have less of a chance, so it's like it's more. 
Like if you're going to do something like marathon projects, like we don't have any other opportunities to run. Let's put everything we've got into this one run and there's not a makeup. Right. Run. There's not a, there's not another chance. You can't just um, sign up for that. Yeah. I wonder if it's like your attitude too going into it. Like, I feel like I'm going into races like less, like, uh, like I'm more um, going in with like this mindset of just like, I'm so appreciative that I get <laughs> to race, but it's less like, um, oh, don't make a mistake. Don't like mess that up. It's like, oh, wow, I get to run. <laughs> like, exactly. I wonder if anyone else is feeling that way. I, I think like, I can I see that. Yeah. All right. Final check-in. Boy, this has been a fun run. And it's all because of your body sent those messages, made you feel good. Now what can you do? Throughout the rest of the day, evening, whatever you're doing, remember that you can change your disposition, the way you're thinking, simply by getting a little exercise or stick a pencil in your teeth. Okay, so let's talk about Gate River Run because that was super exciting. Um, What was your mindset going into it? Uh, mindset going in, I was just really excited to race again. I know it sounds cheesy, but just after a year of not racing, I'm or like nine months or whatever. Um, I'm just like so happy every time I get to stand on the start line, um, feeling like healthy and just ready to go. Um, so Ray told me just run it aggressively and we knew it was going to be really windy. Uh, I remember the night before the race, I was like looking at the weather forecast, <laughs> looking at the course map and looking at the elevation profile. And I'm like playing like weather forecast there. I'm like, all right, where am I going to feel the wind in my bag? Where is it going to be like um, blocked and stuff? And I was looking at the map and I was like, oh, we're going to get the worst of it on like the biggest bridge at the end. (laughs) And even though I knew it and I knew like, okay, just to make sure you're conserving enough to like handle that bridge. um, When I hit it, I was like, oh, I still wasn't prepared for how hard that was. It was like an experience. Um, but it was fun just kind of like getting out there and pushing myself again. Um, I really enjoyed that. So, um, they did a great job putting it on. Do you get all the butterflies and everything when you're standing in the crowd or still like, do you look around, look at the other competitors and kind of like size up what you think is <laughs> going to be your competition? And- um, so I feel like I perform the best when I go in, um, like respectful of everyone that I'm competing against. I don't want to like underestimate anyone ever. Um, but then also just only like not worrying about like, oh, how fit is she? Like, what has she been doing in training? Like, if I'm just like focused on, okay, well, you've done this, like you're, this is your race plan. Like that's when I feel the best. Um, so I don't think I get butterflies from like looking at the people and like competing against. I do get butterflies when I'm like standing there and I'm like, wow, this is like my first road race <laughs> in the U.S. in a year. <laughs> like this is amazing. Um, so like I still get a little nervous, but that's like a good thing. Um, gives me that like adrenaline. So, yeah. So normally when people see that it's going to be crazy windy, they want to tuck in to the pack. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we just spoke to Clayton earlier today and, you know, we were, we were talking about his race and he was like, I was staying with the pack. And when they made moves, I made moves and stuck with it. And we thought about you and we were like, she just gunned it and went out and basically <laughs> took the brunt of everything by herself like is that where you're going there? yeah so yeah. was that you were just ignoring the wind and you're like this is my race plan i'm following it yeah i mean that was our race plan from like weeks out like race like i want you to have a really good effort i want you to like race 15k i don't want you to run like 10k and race 5k like, i want you to run <laughs> hard for like 15k so um so yeah even when we saw the wind and i also like knew like there are going to be parts where I'm going to have it at my back. And 
like race, like you're probably gonna run miles faster than five minutes that actually don't feel that hard. And then you're gonna run miles way slower than that. That's like really <laughs> difficult. And he was right. Like I remember running like under a five minute mile and it just feels really comfortable. And then like on the bridge, like my watch is like 5.30 and I'm like, I feel like I'm sprinting. <laughs> I, I think I was even running slower than that, but uh, just wherever the mile markers were, <laughs> um, I was like, I just couldn't believe how hard it was running into the wind. But we have like, it, we run the wind a lot in Arizona. They just, we're in the desert. There's just not a lot of protection. So um, I am a bit used to it. Normally, I'm my husband blocking it for me, but yeah. <laughs> but I still know what it's like to have to run in uh, those conditions anyway. So at any point, were you thinking people were coming up behind you, getting closer? Did you know that you were going to be ahead the whole time? Like what was going on in your head? Um, I didn't worry about that. I'm like, I was aware I'm always aware, like, people can catch you. Um, so that's part of the reason why I'm like, okay, we'll conserve energy, because if they do, catch, like, catch you, you don't want to be, like, flat out. You want to make sure you have something there. Um, but I just kept on, like, making sure I was running, like, a decent pace, like, a decent effort. Um, and I, I feel like once or twice, someone would yell at me, like, how close they were. And I remember once someone saying they were, like, really, really close. And I'm like, I really hope he just doesn't know how far, like, 50 meters is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're almost there. You got three miles left. Yeah. But, yeah. But, um, no, I, like, I think I just kind of focused on running my race. And I'm like, well, if they do catch me, I still have, like, enough in me that, like, I can just, like, settle in and then just, like, run hard at the end. Like, that's, um, that's I practiced front running a lot in college. My coach practiced that with me. Um, I remember my last year and I think that's like a good thing to learn is when you're running at the front, um, you like want to make sure like you're running like, um, like a hard enough effort, but then also not going flat out that like you have nothing left for when someone catches you. See that, that's what seems insane to me because you're clearly out there just kicking butt. And you're telling me that you're, you're conserving energy. <laughs> like, well, no, I mean, like, I definitely, it was an effort. I just wanted to run like 80% and win it, but no. And then you also take on the equalizer and you crushed. And so you get an extra bonus and the pride that you uh, were able to, you know, finish before any male finisher. Yeah, that was pretty, I like that whole, um, I, I think that's kind of like a fun little game, <laughs> equalizer thing. I wonder if more reasons will do that. Because um, it's interesting to see how people end up running their races. But yeah, it sounds like the guys, they were a little bit more tactical. Um, so that was fun, yeah. Did you did you think about that at all while you're running? Like, I, I, I have a possibility here of being the outright first place person. So things like that, I don't really think about during the race. Like I'm aware of them. Like I knew there was a equalizer bonus um, before the race. And so that's part of the reason we're like, oh, also run hard for that. But um, during the race, my main motivation is just to win. <laughs> so, um, so I'm like, that's a nice bonus on top of that. Um, but my main like focus is racing the race I'm in. Um, and then anything like that, I'll like think of me before the race um, or like be aware of. But uh, but yeah, I guess I don't, don't know if that sounds bad, but no, yeah, that's my, it actually, I wanted to ask one more question before I, because Megan, I can see she's ready to go, but, um, no, go the, uh, we asked Clayton, like mentally, like, what do you, what are you thinking about as far as when it gets tough, when you're going up that, the bridge, the green monster and you're hitting the five thirty mm-hmm. paces and it feels like you're 
working as hard as you possibly can. Like, do you have a mantra or do you have a, like, or do you talk to somebody in your head? Is what, what is going on in those tough moments? So I use like a lot of positive self-talk. It's always been that way. Um, but, and I try to keep like whatever I'm saying to myself pretty like organic in the moment. Like you don't want to say like, oh, you feel good when you're running up there, like, <laughs> you know, like, like 20 miles per hour headwinds, disgust, like way higher than that. Um, so I try to like think of something that's genuine. Um, and in the moment I'm just like, okay, you just have to get to the top of that hill. Like once you're at the top, it's all downhill from there. And like, I kept them just telling myself, you're almost there. You're almost there. Uh, so it's pretty positive. I feel like I swore a little bit in my head. It was just so hard, but it was like, it was just such a difficult hill. But the positive self-talk I think is like huge for me. Um, it's just something I constantly do in workouts and races and I, I swear by it. Um, I think it's really helpful. So how do, how do you like, cause immediately, I mean, obviously when you're going up a hill like that, most people are going to give themselves negative talk. You know, like, oh, this hurts, <laughs> this hurts, this sucks. Like, I think it takes a little bit of training or, um, is it something that was coached into you for this positive thought? Like where did this habit develop? Um, a couple of phrases I've picked up, up off other people, but I think, um, I, I don't know. I think I just have always been that way. And I think the key to it though really is keeping it genuine. Like, I don't think you can say to yourself when you're running like that and it hurts that much, like, Oh, you feel good. <laughs> like if you don't, it needs to be something else. So like, if I'm going through like a rough patch in the race, um, often I'll tell myself like, Hey, this is just a rough patch. Like you're going to come out of this. Um, and which normally I do. And I remember in Atlanta, I had to use so much positive self-talk because I was like struggling for a while. Um, and, and then after a while, I just like, it, I, it actually like helped me. I feel like hang on longer than I did. Um, but yeah, I really do swear by it. I think it's so important um, the way you talk to yourself. So, um, I've got a few like things that I like randomly will just like cycle through, but um, I do try to look for something in the moment that's like, um, meaningful and that, uh, I know is like fitting for what I'm like needing help with. <laughs> yeah. See, I love that because that's something that any, any runner at any level can use. You don't have to be, you know, at the Olympic yeah. trials to give yourself positive self-talk. As a matter of fact, you probably need it more when you're, you know, the five, six hour marathoner and you got to, you know, you know, finish up. So that's, that's the takeaway for everybody. Yeah. One of my favorite ones, actually, I picked up off like, I was taking a meditation class in college and one I constantly use in like, um, I used to use a lot actually in workouts on the track that I'd be struggling on. Um, off like say I'd have like, uh, I don't know, 10 by 800 or something. I don't even know. Um, and like I was on rep like three and it was already hurting. Sometimes in my head, I'd be like, oh, I'm on rep three and I'm hurting so much. Like, how am I going to get through 10 of these? Like, I just would bring myself back and be like, okay, like get through this one rep, focus on one rep at a time. Um, and like try to pick out things that are going well. Um, like your form's good or you're feeling strong. And then like slowly, like one by one, you just knock them all off and you get through the workout. Oh, wow. Um, so things like that I find really helpful. That's great. I love it. Um, one thing I have to tell you, because when we were talking to Clayton Young earlier today and we were talking about the equalizer, he said when they were two thirds of the way through someone on the sideline yelled out, like they're only four minutes ahead. And like, you guys only started six minutes ahead. So they had made up like no time. And he was like, at that moment, we knew, we we knew like we weren't going to catch the women. Like we're just going to let them go. So I love that. And you crushed it. <laughs> I mean, it is, I, I think it's a, a fascinating way to do the race. And I actually would love it if they did more races that way, because then 
the finish line is kind of like, yeah. you know, more compact. Yeah, so it for is the fun. I think, yeah, I actually really like that. I hope they do more like that for you. So have you run since uh, the race? Um, I've taken a few days off and yeah, I'm taking a little break right now. I'm going to get back going um, like next week, I'm thinking. Yeah. So a few easy days to reset. I'll have a hard training block ahead of me. Um, and I'm going to flag that soon for altitude training. And then I'll probably come down and then go to Providence probably for like a little, like a month or so um, before the trials. And then, yeah, that's, that's awesome. everything's geared towards the trials now. So that's like the next training block. So when you're hanging out in Flagstaff, is there like a coffee shop where all the, you know, runners are showing up and you're like, hey, what's up? There are a few. I have my favorites though. But yeah, there are definitely a few. My favorite place to go um, for coffee and brunch is Tourist Home. And then if I'm just going for coffee, I like Macy's. Um, I think they make really great coffee. So I love my coffee shops. I have one like here in Phoenix I go to like daily and I'm trying to come back, but I love it so much. It's so good. <laughs> if, of all the habits to have. I mean, that's not, bad. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something that has to do with coffee. It's a personal story. Um, so Meg just ran, uh, the Woodlands marathon and she put me in charge of making the coffee in the morning. And I didn't really look carefully at the hotel coffee packs and I gave her decaf. Oh no. But we didn't realize. I didn't realize it until I was walking out the door and it was too late to make more. I was so mad. Oh. Oh, that's awful. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it worked out okay. So one job. <laughs> it's a huge mistake, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, one job. Oh my gosh, I guess. Yeah, uh, I travel with an espresso, not an espresso. Sorry, I travel with an AeroPress so that I can have my own coffee. Wow. With, and it's so small, but I like it's so handy because you don't know what kind of coffee like a hotel's gonna have or if they're gonna have it. Um, you travel with your own beans. Sorry, you that? travel with your own beans. Yeah, yeah. I grind them up before I go, and just like, it's, like it's so small, it doesn't take up a lot of yeah. space. And Aeropress is like that big. Um, and yeah, I just I travel with it. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. awesome. Hey, can I can I jump yeah. into you know what I want to ask her about shoes? Yeah, sure. Can I talk to you about shoes? <laughs> yeah, go for okay. it. So we just finished reviewing up the RC Elite Two, and we noticed oh, okay. that you were wearing the RC Elite one during the race and Mm -hmm. i was wondering if that what if you one you may not have gotten the rc2 yet or you're just like this is the one i like so what which one is it so i have gotten a pair of the v2 but i actually haven't tried them yet so i didn't want to race in something i haven't tried i do love the v1 though and i'm kind of like if I find something I love, I kind of like stick with it. <laughs> um, so I've been loving RCV one. Um, I probably will try to see that. I'm um, totally curious what you're going to think love- then. Because it's, yeah, it's you know, different. It's it's very different. Is it? It's, uh, it's a ton more cushion. Well, I think especially since you're going like, yeah. into a, a training block for the 10K versus like a marathon, I don't, I feel like it's more of a marathon shoe. I don't know. No, it definitely is. Yeah. So that's why I've been using the V1 a lot. Um, and yeah, the V2 definitely has a higher stack height, which it seems like most shoes are coming out with now do. Um, so I am very curious to try it. But yeah, the V1 is my favorite. I, uh, I wore it for the first time in Valencia and I remember at the end of the race, I was like, well, also it was the one bit of the race I could finally feel a tailwind, but still my legs felt so fresh, fresh at the end and I felt like I closed faster than I ever have. And I was like, 
I couldn't find my slips anywhere and I was so bummed because I wanted to see how fast it goes. <laughs> normally, like the last, I haven't done that many, but the last like previous two half or three, um, I'm like falling apart kind of and I'm like trying to hold myself together. And I was like, I felt like I was like closing really fast. Um, I had to work really hard to get close to Molly's record. I wasn't that close. And everyone was like messaging me after the race. and like, you can close faster. I was like, I was working. <laughs> I was trying. Yeah. The, that's funny. Have you, have you tried the rebel too? Cause I think the rebel two feels a I, lot like I the, just got a pair actually. Okay. There is a, I love them. I think you're going to, Oh, love good. Yeah. Do you wear them for like track workouts? I, I actually just wear them like kind of like a tempo day shoe. So if I have like a workout and I don't want to wear a plated shoe, it feels a lot like an unplated RC. So that oh, when that's racing, awesome. I'm looking I think you'll for take something it. like that. You could wear it for daily training if you want. You're efficient and, and you know, yeah. you would probably get away with wearing it for like a daily trainer if you wanted. It's super light. The upper breeze amazing. Like it's one of my favorite. It's probably gonna be my top tempo day shoe for the year. I like switching it up and I usually switch uh the RC up with the fourteen hundred. But that's been discontinued, so that's why I asked for a pair. Yeah, uh, that's great to know you love it so much. Yeah, you'll dig it. Do it. Did you get the pretty color main got that's like pink and orange? Or did you get? I got a yellow. <laughs> I haven't seen the box yet. Okay. Oh, <laughs> you're killing me. I have it in my closet. I actually didn't open it. Ah, you're killing <laughs> me. All right. <laughs> so, um, what are you what are you training in uh, on a daily basis, and like, what's your fast day shoe? Um, I the eight eighty is like my like go to. I love the Beacon as well, um, but lately I've been doing most of my work in the 880. Uh, it's just like a neutral trainer. And I've been training in it for like, I want to say nine years now. Wow. So I've been around that long. You're I feel so like loyal. Since I, like, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 I think, I think it's, is it the, I forget if it's, I forget which version it is. It's, it's funny. We, uh, I love that one, but I like a little more cush. So I'd probably go, to, I like, I like a 1080. Oh yeah, that's a little too much for me. Right. I used to like that, one. and then I, they put too much underneath, and I'm like, oh, I want less actually. Oh, I'm wondering how she's gonna like the RC Elite too. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I want. I, I'm gonna DM you at well, some point and ask you. <laughs> I don't mind. It depends on the shoe. I don't mind a lot of cushion with some shoes, I guess. Um, I guess it depends on what it's for. Like the trainer, like it's actually like the Beacon, and that had quite a bit of cushion. Yeah, but it was lightweight. Um, whereas I, I do like the 1080, I, I did like the 1080 and then, I don't know, I just felt like my stride was a little bit more natural and the, um, just the way I run, I felt like a little bit more comfortable. Like most of my friends prefer the 1080. Actually, I'd say it's half and half. Half like the 1080, half like the 880. Yeah. They're both really reliable. I don't think you can go wrong. You can't it's go wrong. personal preference. Yeah, right now, yeah. New Balance is killing it with shoes. Like this is the, one of my favorite years for New Balance shoes is right now. They've done a great job. Shoes and like, uh, yeah, I get a lot of compliments on their like clothing line too and everything. Like they're just like, I feel like they're crushing everything lately. And then their casual shoes too. Like the, oh, yeah. um, the colors, they're just like, they're awesome. I love them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah. There's, they're almost too cool for me. Some of the, the, <laughs> the, uh, the collab yeah, shoes. Like, like I'm like, I don't know if I can pull that off. I need to get like furry pants or something. <laughs> you know? I know. My sister's really into like, fashion and stuff and sometimes I'm, i'd be like to her i'm like how do i style these <laughs> they're really neat but i'm just definitely not cool enough to pull these off and she's like this is what you do yeah you have to have a look yeah 
yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, she's like really into that. So yeah, Annika's like my go-to sometimes. You should have her um, style you awesome. as you arrive to the track. So you come in like, you know how the basketball players come into the locker room and they're wearing all, oh, the, yeah. all the great stuff. And then you come down, put it on your singlet and do all that. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be a baller move. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> So this next training block is going to be shorter, faster stuff versus the marathon training. Do you prefer that or do you prefer the the slow grind of the marathon? So we have learned I do best if we keep some elements from like marathon training just without the high mileage or it's high, but not as high. Um, Like I still seem to do best when I'm running like 100 mile weeks and doing like tempos. Um, I mean, maybe not 100, but probably 90 to 100. and like doing like tempos regularly, um, like longer intervals, and then also doing track work as well. Um, I think when I tried going back to the track after London, like I just didn't have as many tempos on my schedule and I just didn't feel as strong. My long runs weren't like quite as long. And so we realized like, oh, like your strength is actually like where your speed comes from. <laughs> when you can get to the end of the race feeling good, you can close, uh, faster because you feel stronger um so like you're not at your max and you're like one lap to go so we have kind of just like kept some of those elements in training but everyone's different like molly's actually quite different to me she she loves like the track that's like how she is really fit and strong so do you um, have a favorite workout uh favorite workout probably would be tempos or in marathon training i love long runs but those really haven't been much of a workout lately just more tempos that's cool. So when you're not running, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that makes me interesting. <laughs> I feel like I don't have much of a life. <laughs> no, I'd say I like to read a lot. Um, we have two dogs, but I do love just like, we sometimes like, occasionally if I only have like one run a day. We'll go for like a walk with them in the evening. Um, if I have like an easy day, we'll do that. Um, like just hang out outside with them. Um yeah, I, I like to read. I like cooking when I have the energy to cook. When I'm like running a lot, I don't necessarily have the energy. <laughs> but when I do, I find that kind of fun. Um, yeah, no, I don't. I don't have like a ton of hobbies, but I'm pretty content <laughs> with these few. I feel like I've seen you make a lot of smoothies on Instagram. Oh, love smoothies. Yeah, I, it's funny. I got into them randomly. My first marathon build up, I had like a mishap at the dentist and I had to go on like a liquid diet for like <laughs> five days in the marathon build up. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> and so I like just started making smoothies. Yeah, I'm like, what's liquid? <laughs> and I'm like, these are actually such a great way to like um, hydrate after a run, especially living in Arizona and um, just get some like some fuel into you. So now I make them after like a lot of runs and I'll just like stretch or do like like my strength stuff or whatever. Um, and I like, I love them. So it's really warm here most of the year. So it's hard to get into smoothies in the middle of winter on the East coast. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I was posting all about smoothies and sunscreen back in January. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, have you found a sunscreen that works for runners that like doesn't drip into your mouth? (laughs) So I really like Elta MD. They have like, um, a sport one and I really like that for my face and that doesn't get into my eyes. Um, and then I'm still playing around with, I like Kula, but it's kind of expensive. So I'm looking for a different option as well. I mean, um, I've just decided I'm going to be wrinkly and, and age spotted <laughs> because it, I, the, I can never find a sunscreen that doesn't go into your eyes or sweat off into your mouth or, or something. It's the worst thing when you're on a long run and you taste like chemicals in your mouth. Try Elta. <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> they always bother me, but I also, I don't, I don't sweat as much. I don't know why. I feel like in the community, we sweat a bit more, it seems, whereas here in Phoenix, I'm not like dripping in sweat usually at the end of my run. Yeah, maybe um, it evaporates so faster. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe that's it. But, but it isn't really an issue here. How big of a role would you say nutrition plays in your training? Oh, it's huge. It's crucial. Uh, that's what like fuels my run. So yeah, I think um, nutrition is always interesting to talk about. But I like for me, like I'd say we like have a pretty balanced diet. Um, but we really focus on just making sure after like my runs and fueling, getting enough, um, getting enough like carbs, protein, um, hy- like hydrating well, um, especially in the desert, it's so hot. Um, like right after my runs and then in between runs, like making sure like I'm eating, um, food that's going to like keep me like, um, feeling good and, um, like ready to like perform my best. So I, we, we eat pretty, like, um, we try to cut out like processed food for the most part, but like when I'm training hard and stuff, like sometimes you need actually, uh, the, what are they called? The, the, the carbs that like process really fast. Um, uh, is it the simple carbs or the. Yeah, okay, that's why. <laughs> so, and then you need those. So there's like definitely like a place in diet, like our diet for those too. Um, but yeah, for the most part, we like we I like sit down and I write out my meals for the week, um, like my dinners and stuff, and like plan for lunches and stuff. Because I never want to get back from a run and just not have food here, or, like not um not like not have a like a plan for how I'm feeling myself. Are you the cook in the house, or is your husband? Um, it depends. So my husband works from noon until eight so when we get back from our workout in the morning or like a run he usually has uh breakfast or lunch made depending like what time of the year it is and then when he goes to work i have dinner made for us so i cook dinner he cooks lunch <laughs> what time zone is noon to eight <laughs> so he no he he's a therapist but um he works like the like afternoon evening shift uh-huh. like he does all of his uh he sees his clients virtually but he asked to do that so he could do my workouts uh, and long runs and stuff in the morning. So he, he's, he, is he a psychiatrist or when you say therapist? He's a mental health therapist. So that is so cool. Um, yeah, no, it is. <laughs> so yeah, he, he does that and he helps me out in the morning. His days are packed, but um, yeah, no, he's, he's good at what he does. He's faster than you so he can pace you for most of your workouts? Yeah, he can. <laughs> That's that's like the dream. You just have a, a live-in pacer. And therapist. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing you have to do really is learn good. how to massage, and then yeah, you're good. Yeah, there you go. Oh, no, he does it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn. You may as well be like, oh. I get this vision yeah. of her sitting, drinking a smoothie. Yeah, you found the perfect right. runner husband is yeah. what it sounds like. Uh, we definitely have had to, like, figure out what works for us. I can't just be like, like Shane, I need this now. <laughs> like that's not healthy. <laughs> but no, like uh, he he's been so supportive and so helpful. Like I wouldn't be running as well um, if I didn't have his help. Um, so yeah, he does my workouts on workout days. Uh, on easy run days, he'll run with the dogs, and I'll probably run with Molly or myself. And then um, and then yeah, he like yeah he'll make brunch for us. And then in the evening, if I like have to up really tight, like not this isn't like every night, but like he'll often like. Um, like if I have like a hamstring or something that needs massage, he'll help me with that. Um, so yeah, he's pretty that is, involved. That's pretty good. See, uh, Megan asks this all the time because I don't cook. <laughs> I can't run as fast as her. And 
She's, she got it done. <laughs> no. So when you go up to do altitude training in Flagstaff, will he go with you and the dogs? Yeah. You see, so technically you're allowed to work if you're a therapist. As long as you're within the state, you can still like counsel virtually. Um, but he can't leave the state. So like if when I go to Providence, he can't come with me. He can't it. work from there. Is he from Arizona? Yeah. Uh, no, he's from Ireland. <laughs> Quite far from home. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, that's a little bit different. <laughs> oh, oh it's very so does different, he have yeah. an accent? <laughs> I don't hear it anymore. I, he probably like I think he does like a slight one. Um, but yeah, he's from Waterford, Ireland, um, and we met in college. So it's funny. His dad and uh, like my college coach grew up in the same county in Ireland and went to college together. It's like such a small world. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, small Ireland. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I bet he, I bet he has an accent because my father is British and everyone's like, does your dad have an accent? And I'm like, no, nah, not really. And then people talk understand. to him and they're like, yeah. what? It's, yeah. I think they just sound like, like to me, this sounds like shame, but yeah, yeah. I think you just like kind of get used to it. I was just um, wondering. Do you from... ever pick up on like words he said? Like, so do you ever like say words he says? Not yes. knowing They're like not American thing. Yes. <laughs> That's something I do. I don't like, it's not like an accent, but I just forget like there are certain things and like, like, it's obvious we don't call, a, like, a red pepper a capsicum, but, like, yeah. I forget we don't call, like, a trash can, like, a bin. A wheelie like, bin. A wheelie yeah. bin. When we were on the airplane, they were, had the so, wheelie bin like, go by. It depends on the words, but sometimes I'll say something, and I'm like, oh, wait, that's not how we would say it here. Yeah. You put stuff in the boot and that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, the boot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember we had Jolly Ranchers, and my dad called them boiled sweets. And I was like, <laughs> what? what? I haven't heard that one before. Yeah. yeah. Maybe right. that's like an older person thing too. I don't know. I think we're going a little sideways. Here. <laughs> um, okay. So you're going to go do some altitude training. Obviously your goal next is the trials, the 10 K. Um, you're not doing the 5 K, right? No, I would if the schedule was different, but no, it just depends. And are there, are you doing any road races uh, between now and then? No, probably just a couple track races. Okay, Cool. All right. Are we ready for end of podcast questions or do you have any other questions? I mean, the only question I would have is like, what would it mean to you to be going to the Olympics in representing? Um, it, would, it would mean the world to me, especially after this was a crazy year. I'm sure everyone feels that way, <laughs> but no, it, it'd be really special. Okay. Awesome. All right. So we have three end of podcast questions that we ask everyone. So we'll dive into those. The first one is, what is one thing or accessory that you want to have with you on every single run? Every single, oh, a watch, I guess. Because um, I don't run like loops here. I kind of just run wherever. And so I kind of need to keep track of where I am. So uh, my polar watch, yeah. So do you ever listen to music when you run or no? Oh, yeah, no, beep headphones. Yeah, those too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I'm running alone, I have headphones in. That's right. a good one. Okay. And is it music or podcasts or what are what are we listening to? Um, it depends on the run. I probably listen to music more, but I like podcasts too. Okay. Um, what is your go-to post-race meal or beverage or both? Like uh, celebratory, really not a, a smoothie. smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no. <laughs> I don't really have a go-to, but honestly, whatever I'm uh, kind of in the mood for. Um, okay. What'd you I have after the, what'd you have after the 15 so 
uh, after the 15 day, I actually don't remember what I ate after the 15 day. I remember after marathons, um, like I always want a burger and fries. Like that's what I want. But then after like track races, kind of just like I want pizza or pasta. Um, yeah, it kind of depends on what I'm in the mood for. For some reason, marathons though, it's burger. Like I really want a burger. It's funny. That's like a common answer yeah. after the marathon is a burger and fries and a beer. Salt and fat. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a reason for it. I don't yeah. know why. But... I think it's salt and fat. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't want anything sweet after the marathon at all. Like I don't yeah. want a donut. I don't want like, pancakes. <laughs> like I don't know because of all the gels you've taken. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was going to but... say. After you've eaten a bunch yeah. of gels, you're like, last thing you want is a, a sugar packet. I know. Yeah. I can't <laughs> like, look at any Like for long runs, on long runs, like marathon long runs, I can't look at anything sweet. Do you celebrate with alcohol at all? Um, I drink like probably a glass of wine like once a week. So it's not like a celebratory thing for me. <laughs> like I, I love wine. <laughs> uh, <but> yeah. <laughs> uh yeah i definitely i love wine so i probably have that once a week and then after a race like um i feel like after a race we're always like struggling to find food so it's not like we can like sit down and celebrate where i remember like after the 5k in la we're like what is open like that (laughs) whatever's open that's what we're eating (laughs) all right and our final question is if you weren't a professional distance runner what would you be doing that's a good question i'm not sure I think I'd like to stay in the sport somehow when I'm done. I just haven't quite figured that out yet. Um, yeah, I, I find certain things. I find the event planning really interesting. What goes on behind the scenes of like big major marathons. Um, uh, I find that really interesting. And just um, also like, yeah, I don't know. I, there's actually a few things I could see myself doing. But I want to stay in the sport somehow. I'm not sure yet. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good sport to be a part of. I can understand that. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, I think that's it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Yeah, giving us plenty of time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Emily for coming on. It's always great to be able to talk to someone who's performing at their peak. And uh, we look forward to bringing you more athletes. I think we're going to have Clayton um, Young, who won for the men at the Gate River Run this past week, or it'll be two weeks by that time. By the way, Gate River Run, just send us a check whenever you want it for all this promotion. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And uh, he'll be on. We're going to talk about Asics new shoes with him, how they've helped him with his performance, and also just in general, what's up with him and how his life's going. Cool. So tune in for that. Always recommend this podcast to your friends give it a five-star review or rating and review it put yeah. some nice words in there for us robbie's good with the words robbie you can maybe do a template for people yeah maybe i should just do <laughs> set up a bunch of fake accounts and give us some good reviews to bump us there you go and then also make sure you follow us on instagram and check us out on youtube visit our website and listen to our podcast yeah listen to listen to them multiple times we could use the downloads and then Megan, do you want to say thank you to anyone other than Nick Sanchez, our producer? Thanks to everyone listening. Yeah, you guys are the best. Yeah.